Are you considering a career in dental public health or even a career as a periodontist? Stay tuned as we talk to a doctor who's doing both and just matched at her number one residency program. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Darwin, a new dentist coach with another episode of Ask Dr. Darwin on the New Dentist Podcast Show, where we talk about getting into dental school, surviving dental school, getting into dental residency, and then life as a new dentist. You guys, make sure you, you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dr. Darwin Speaks. Hit the notifications so that you know when new videos are released every week. All right, don't want you to miss those videos. Today, um, it's a, it's a jam-packed discussion. And it's a jam-packed discussion because it deals with at least one of the two most favorite things that I like to talk about is getting into residency. But this is unique because this is a residency or specialty program that not a lot of people recently have been gravitating to, but it's a residency and a specialty that's the foundation of what we do as dentistry. We're gonna be talking today with Dr. Shelly Taylor, who is not only a, an uh, incoming new periodontal resident, but she's currently pursuing uh, an MPH. And she's gonna talk a little bit about that, uh, her, her master's in public health as it relates to dentistry. And she's one of the, at one of the most prestigious programs in the country. So you guys gotta hear about this because it's really important as a dentist uh, to know why dental public health impacts you and how it impacts you as a, as a dentist. So Dr. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's right. New Year, new perspective, new opportunities, new residencies, all of that. Yes. All of that. So please uh, continue to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background too. Okay. So my name is Shelly Taylor. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I went to University of Florida College of Dentistry. I graduated in 2015. And then after dental school, I completed a one-year advanced education in general dentistry residency at the University of Tennessee. And then I moved back home to Fort Lauderdale where I practiced as a dental director for a couple of years. And then I moved to Massachusetts and lived in Boston where I also practiced as a dental director for a couple of years, I'm still there. And um, I'm currently pursuing my MPH program at Harvard, um, TH Chan School of Public Health. And I just received acceptance into periodontics residency at Columbia University in New York. So I'm pretty excited for that. Woohoo! Yes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Boston, uh, I mean, Fort Lauderdale, uh, uh, Boston, now back going to New York. You're just all over the place, Doc. I'm all over the place, all over the East Coast. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. East Coast, East Coast, nothing wrong with that. So that's amazing. Um, well, let's start off here because I got a lot of questions and got people who are listening who um, need to hear some of, the, some of the information that you have. First of all, like I ask everybody, first, why dentistry for you? Okay, so my dad is a dentist. And oh. so I was always around dentistry my entire life. And um, when I was a little girl, I actually made a temporary crown out of cornstarch and water for my baby doll. So I think that was a predictor of where I would, I would pursue my career. But then in late high school, early college, I really wanted to confirm if dentistry was my future. So I did a lot of um, summer programs in different fields and it just wasn't the same. So I, I decided to do a program at Indiana University School of Dentistry. And that's when I just fell in love with, with dentistry again. It just, 
I, it's like my passion. I have a spark. It's exciting. And so since that program, I just decided to go full force and just be a dentist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I have a similar a similar situation. My uncle's a dentist and my dad was a, a, a dental technician, but that wasn't my initial route. I went through architecture and then I came oh. back to dentistry. <laughs> long, long story. You don't want to hear that. It's boring anyway. So, um, so also, so you mentioned that you're getting your, your, your MPH right now and which is, you know, uh, public health side of dentistry, right? At least mm -hmm. your concentration. Why, why public health? Like, how did you how did I get into it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in um, dental school, I was that's when I was exposed to dental public health. And so I served as the president of the Student National Dental Association. And in Gainesville, I organized the first oral cancer awareness 5K in Gainesville, Florida. And that's when I really saw like there's a need for public health dentistry. There's a need for education in the community. And so I completed my residency program where I was able to be at a um, dental school and also at a public health clinic. And that's where I learned more about uh, dental public health and also treating vulnerable populations. And when I moved home, I received um, the position as a dental director. And that is when I was really engulfed in dental public health. I saw the need for access to care. I saw the need for improvement of dental operations so our patients could receive comfortable care and then with in, in a timely manner. And then also I saw the need for the integration of primary care and oral health, especially in our population. So that's why I pursued public health. And that's why I think it's really important because there's a, is a large unmet need in the community for dental care. And we need to, dentists need to be really out there in the community to serve um, and treat our patients. And then to also build trust with our patients because a lot of our patients are nervous to come to the to the dentist, but if they see someone who looks like us, they're they're more prone <laughs> to coming to the dentist and also completing their care because we can relate to our patients. Yep, and that's and that's all part of the notion of patient centered care, right? Exactly. Or or, or even com uh, uh, culturally competent care. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. And, and you know, you and I both know that there are studies that have been done that demonstrate that. Patients, people are more likely to be more healthy and, and 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 follow the instructions of their doctor when they look like them versus maybe when they don't look like them. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's another reason why there's such a an, an ongoing and continual need for more practitioners that really make up the diverse levels of the of the population. Mm-hmm. That's, I agree. Why, that's why dental school's got to be diverse with students, with faculty, and uh, and then also practices and institutions and centers throughout the throughout the state and throughout the country, so that we are there and meet the needs of of uh, our clients and the people that we're serving. So, yeah, definitely, that's definitely why uh, dental public health is, is is so important. So, thanks for sharing that. So, you're you're currently doing your MPH as a, a fellow. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about that fellowship and that program and, and you know, some of the uniqueness about that program? Because I, I've heard some great things. <laughs> okay, sure. So I'm part of the Joseph L. Henry Oral Health Fellowship. And so this fellowship, it, it provides oral health leaders 
um, to um, have a more dynamic role in the field of public health. And I applied to the fellowship mainly because um, the MPH program at Harvard, along with the fellowship, I felt like would complement my career. Because when I was looking at different MPH programs, dental was, was really not involved in the, in the program. And I really wanted a program that really had like the foundation already set. So when I go through the program, I'm, no, I'm learning how I can incorporate my MPH degree with, with dentistry and really make the change that I really want to make in the community. That's key. That's key because there are more dentists than there are public health dentists. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. have dentists that have that, that public health background slash uh, 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 methodology, thought process, mindset. And it's totally different than just being a dentist. <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah, totally you have to different. think of more, it, it's, it's a different way to think how to yes. treat your patients. Because yes. a lot of our patients can't really afford the, the treatment. So we got to think about how, how to apply for grants or how can we um, like make the sliding fee scale um, available for the patient so they could at least um, pay for some some portion of the treatment. So there's a lot to think about. And then I think the MPH program, the fellowship allows you to think outside the box to really treat the patient. Yeah. And, 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 you know, not everybody can go to a private office and, mm -hmm. and, and not everyone has that type of access. So what do you do? Do you just not go to the dentist because you don't have access? I mean, most people do, but that's not necessary. And that's why, mm -hmm. you know, public, uh, public health dentistry and how to, you know, navigate that part of, of oral health is important uh, to, to be able to have, you know, have increased access for, for individuals. Um, exactly. Because most people are going to have their teeth, or at least their oral structure for the rest of their life, more so than they're going to they're gonna have a car. So they got to, you got to help them with it. Exactly. Got to eat. Got to eat. <laughs> well, you got to eat. You got to talk. Mm -hmm. You got to be social. You got to show exactly. up. Exactly. You got to go on interviews. You got to date. <laughs> you got to feel good about yourself. Exactly. It's a lifestyle. All, a lifestyle. All because of this, right? Exactly. Which is, again, a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. A whole different perspective. So that's cool. So, well, congratulations on getting ready to finish up. I know that program is really intense. About, it's very about intense. a year, right? It's about a year mm -hmm. long. It yeah. is. Yeah. So, uh, and then, so, so when you finish that in June, you're going to be transitioning to another love of yours, Perio. So yes. uh, let's talk a little bit about that because there's I've, I've run into many dental students and other docs that are, are that have started to think about Perio, and um, so I, I you know I want to talk a little bit more about why Perio for you okay. instead of maybe ortho or pedo, which is a very another popular specialty as relates to public health and MPH, et cetera. So, so why Perry exactly. for you? So in my residency program after dental school, that's when I completed a lot of surgical techniques, uh, like bone grafting, placement of implants. So I knew I was interested in the field at that time. So I was interested in the clinical aspect of the field. And then when I moved back to Florida and I became the dental director, I saw periodontics in a different facet. Like a lot of my patients had untreated periodontal disease 
and there was a, not enough periodontists in the area who would treat our patients on a, on a sliding fee scale or just to, um, the patients could not afford the treatment. And so we also, in the clinic, we had a HRSA goal to reduce the HbA1c of our diabetic patients. And that's when I had to start researching how periodontal disease and diabetes is related. And that's when I became more interested in the field, like the research behind the field, like for instance, disease prevention, surgical procedures to help um, treat the disease and also patient education. And so I combined both of my loves for surgery and then also I would say public health because I feel like perio is a public health issue. We, we, we don't have enough periodontists to adequately treat our patients, then our patients with chronic diseases, they're not gonna have the best health outcomes. So both of those aspects, um, I joined them together. I'm like, okay, this is a field that I really wanna pursue because I, I love surgery and I love patient advocacy and patient education. All right, guys, you heard it first. You heard it first. Perio is a public dental public health issue. Is it is a public health issue, right? Perio is the yes. foundation, <laughs> gums and bone, bone and gum supports foundation of, of everything that you have in your mouth. So if your perio is not under control, <laughs> your uh, oral health's not under control. Exactly. I love that. And 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 I don't know if a lot of people I know at Maryland when I went to school, perio was. I mean, it was, we got beat up with perio so much. Even to this day, I have nightmares about those perio exams and 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 making sure that your probings and your your whole perio treatment plan or the perio component of your treatment plan is like boom, 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 right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, and and over the years, I've seen why that emphasis is is uh, was you know so much placed on perio because failure to diagnose. Uh, failure to treat and have people having long-standing perio issues, you know, it doesn't, it's a, it's a disease that, that can be prevented, right? So, exactly. Oh, uh, that's great. That's great. So let's talk a little bit about your, your perio residency journey and your application uh, journey in, in itself, because it's similar to, you know, any other residency application process, um, maybe a little bit different because of a, a specialty, but perio again is a little bit like, you know, how, how do you prepare for your application for, for perio? Okay, so- Let's talk a little it, bit about that. <laughs> it took me a while to apply because I was doing loan repayment through HRSA. So I'm sorry, through um, National Health Service Corp. So once um, the contract was done and that's when I was able to apply. And um, so what I did prior, I shadowed a couple of periodontists and then I also went to different schools to just to see if this is like something that I really see myself doing. And um, I applied very late. I applied, I would say the day before the um, application was due, but um, how I, I tackled it, <laughs> I only applied to schools that I really see myself. So I didn't apply to a lot of schools. I just applied to schools and areas that I felt like my lifestyle matched the, the location. And um, I talked to different, I would say, students at those schools and just making sure like, okay, this is where I see myself. So I think I applied to around like eight schools. And um, that's how I tackled it. So I, I would say I, I shadow periodontists and I just talked to a lot of like people just to make sure this is <laughs> the right choice at the time. 
As you should, you always should have, you know, that part of your checklist items as one of the checklist items, right? So to be able to be more familiar with the, with the program. So, okay. So you had eight programs, Perio, and they were based off of uh, where you saw yourself and based on your lifestyle. Now mm -hmm. you're from Florida. <laughs> and last time I checked, uh, there's not a lot of snow in Florida. Because the last two cities, yes. last two cities you've been, there's been some snow, I'm sure. <laughs> All and you get ready to go to New York. So a uh, little bit different climate than, mm -hmm. than, than Florida, right? But I know also you, uh, with those eight schools, uh, you had some interviews. Can you tell us a little bit, let's talk a little bit more about the interviews uh, okay. and maybe some of the things that they asked you, how they were uh, structured. Uh, I know there was probably a little bit different due to COVID. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, but um, you know, we're just interested to see how how a typical uh, Perio residency interview day was, and kind of questions that they asked for for Perio. Okay, so all the interviews were virtual, so that was um something that was new uh, for this year. My um, I don't even know where it was. Oh, it's one moment. My AirPods. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, all my interviews were were virtual this year. I had four interviews, mm -hmm. and so I was I was very happy with the locations of my interviews. And um, so, where 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 were they? Where, where were the okay? <laughs> I had um interview at Nova, Nova in Fort Lauderdale, um, Tufts, Columbia, and UNC. Nice. Nice. Okay. And so the, they kind of, I would say, structured the interview similar to a, um, a regular in-person interview. So we had um, the welcome and um, different, I would say, Zoom sessions for the different interview, like mm -hmm. interview uh, interviewers. And also, we also had a, um, like the, the resident happy hour at the end of the day for the majority of the interviews. And some interviews had a didactic portion where you can sit in on one of the classes that the residents take. That's nice. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. So you can kind of see how the, the courses are run, um, how the faculty teaches the students, which I think is really important. And um, and also I was able to see like how like, that, that, that dynamic, like if other students, are the residents a little fearful of the faculty or do they work as a team? You know, I just wanted them to see if I could see myself as a student in this program. Right. All that very key. Yes. Very key. So you had your interviews. Um, you saw how the day, you shared with us how the day went. Any questions that surprised you in your interview? Yeah, there was a question that surprised me. Um, I had a question about um, do you think people want to save their teeth? I want to place implants. <laughs> <laughs> and that question, like, <laughs> I had to really think about, like, how to really answer that question? Because in my mind, I think it all depends on the patient's education. So if the, the patient is educated and knows the importance of their teeth and how they can save their teeth, then, of course, they'll try to save it. Mm -hmm. But also, if the patient's educated and know that the tooth is totally broken down, is infected, we gotta remove the tooth and place the implant, then that's the route they were they would go. 
So I, I, that's how I answered it. I answered it. It just depends on the education that's provided to the patient. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's key. And so, so were the, for the four interviews that you had, were the questions pretty consistent? Were there any programs that maybe had questions that were not consistent? And if they did, what, what were those questions that, that you remember? And then there was another question about the inflammatory, um, process of periodontal disease Ooh, no they did yeah they did <laughs> i answered it correctly though <laughs> but yes i was unprepared for that one i was like oh wow okay we're in a lecture right now but um <laughs> i like I, I answered that question so i wasn't prepared to like i would say answer more out like book work type of questions so yeah. that stood out to me and then i had another question that stood out to me um why are you applying now after graduating five years mm. um, ago? So I had to answer that question. Um, yeah. And, and your and your experience and the things <laughs> that you've been doing the last you know uh, five years is I mean that was a home run for you. I know you just knocked that. Yeah. They, they they just threw you a softball on that one. I, I was like, oh, okay, I'll tell Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that. I'll take that from here. Let me see if there's any, oh, and then I, I started a little dental blog <laughs> a while back and I guess they found it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and they yeah. asked me about my dental blog and like the, the topics I talk about. So they do research. <laughs> what That's doing. right. So what's make sure. What's the name what's of your the, blog? So people can, can, can uh, <laughs> check it out. Check it out. It's called the wisdom truth. The wisdom truth. There you go. <laughs> wisdom truth. All right, so interviews, questions, you took your notes, you're in phase one. So this happened back in, what was it, October? Yeah. It was November. It was November, November. early November. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now you now you got, you know, you got four places that you liked. And now you got to rank your programs. Mm -hmm. So just briefly share with us that process for you for these four programs, because uh, I know about Columbia, I know about Tufts, not too familiar with Nova and UNC, but I know what, I know how they are dental school wise, but I don't know how they are with, with Perio. Um, so I know all four of them are probably top programs that anybody, <laughs> very hard. yeah, that anybody, most people would be happy not only to get the interviews, but, but also to attend. But you still got to go through the, 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 you know, your rank order and being able to share that process or actually come up with that process and, and put them one, two, three, four. So can you share just briefly how you navigate it? Yeah, yeah. How you how you how you rank them? Like how'd you how'd you you know come up with that order? So how do I? Okay, so what I did when I was finished with all my interviews, I just did a preliminary rank, like how I felt. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think it was like a month. I had to had to wait before like the actual date. I had to really put the final ranking in. And I thought to myself, when I wake up and I look at my phone and see where I match, well, how would I feel inside? Because I knew all programs were were really good, but I wanted to make sure I was happy. Like wherever I the, wherever the email said I was going, I was totally happy. And so to do that, I really had to, I talked to my parents, I talked to friends and 
I just came up with, I will be happier at Columbia. Because um, I really like to have a program director. He is on um, the clinic for four days out of five. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person that I need to have <laughs> somebody there all the time. Just I just like to have that instruction, the communication and the openness. That's something that's really important to me. And so that's why I put Columbia first. And also I felt very comfortable with, with the program, with, with the interview. So I was just really ranking on how I felt, you know, instead of, um, I would say the school, because you're gonna get the same education everywhere. And I just need to be happy. And then I also put for my ranks for number two, I put UNC, because I really enjoyed that interview. It was, I felt so comfortable there. And everyone was so nice. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's so nice. This is great. So that's what I did for number two. And three, I put Tufts because I was I was in Boston. So I, I shadowed in the program yeah. a lot. So I kind of knew the people in, in the interview. So it was, it was nice. And then I also enjoyed how the faculty um, interacted with the students. And um, fourth, I put Nova. So even though I went into the, went into, um, the interview is saying, I'm going to come home. That's where I really wanted to go. But during my interview, I didn't feel totally comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that was like a shock to me. Cause I thought like when I go, it, I, I, I shadowed that Nova before. I kind of knew um, the, the faculty. I felt like I would be totally comfortable, but I came out and I really wasn't. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to just go for my comfort level. And then I think how I'm like, how my, um, Feeling of comfort would also help me learn. You know, I don't want to learn in an environment where I'm uncomfortable, you know? So that's how I ranked it, just by happiness and comfort. <laughs> and those are two very important things because guess what? Depending on the program, if you, if you have to pay for the program uh, financially, or if you have to pay in your period of time, right? It was two years? No, three it's years. It's three. Mm -hmm. yeah, period of time, all right? We're talking... Uh, 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 was t uh, a thousand and, and uh, over a thousand days you got to be there. Um, <laughs> you want to make sure that you are there, <laughs> right? Exactly. And not, and not be upset and be happy, right? So, I mean, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you want to make sure that you're right, that it's a good fit, that you're comfortable and you're happy. That that's key. Exactly. That's key. So you mentioned some of those, those factors that helped you with your rank list. Uh, really want to hear now some tips some tips and advice and the guys if you've made it this far through the through the uh, podcast and the video you are about to be rewarded right now all right <laughs> and if you guys are finding some value uh in this in this discussion make sure you hit the bell notification uh oh, i'm sorry hit the like hit the like button the thumbs up give us a thumbs up uh, we like those we, we like when you like it so hit, hit that button hit that thumb notification Tips and advice, knowing what you know now, basing your experiences, applying uh, your, your work as a dental director, your current uh, matriculation into the M MPH program, and now applying to Perio and getting ready to start that in, uh, in July. Give us some tips and advice first for Perio uh, resident uh, candidates or candidates for Perio residency. Let's start there. What, what okay. tips and advice for those applying to Perio? So what I would suggest if, if you're straight out of dental school um, to work a little bit, just to make sure this is a specialty that you really want to pursue. 
Um, I think that's what really helped me because while I was in dental school, I was interested in another specialty. But when I came out and started practicing, I'm like, whoa, this is, I don't like this at all. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm glad that, you know, it, it didn't go through for me. Right. So I, I, what I tell a lot of dental students is it's okay. One or two years outside of um, dental school, just, a, just, a, just to take your time to really see like if this is something you really want to do, it's fine because your, your whole career is 30, 40 years. So like that's really nothing, you know, to really confirm that this is the specialty you want to pursue. So I think that's like the main tip um, to try not to feel, what's the word, um, pressured to apply to a specialty program because there's other people in your class, oh, I'm applying to this, I'm applying to that. And then you probably feel like, oh, I need to apply too, because I know that's how I felt. But then just to focus on yourself and see, hey, is this something that I really want to do? And then also just shadow. There's a lot of, for me, like there's a lot of periodontists who just opened their office up. They said, okay, just come. And it was, it was a great opportunity. They were teaching me as they were um, doing the procedure. They even um, allowed me to take like a, a bird, like, okay, try this procedure out when you go back to your clinic. So um, just shadow, just get out there, shadow. Um. Now, I'm sorry, um, COVID, pandemic, can't do a lot of face-to-face -face shadowing. Mm -hmm. um, any adjustments? What, what recommendations do you have for people to do that want to shadow, but can't shadow face-to-face? -face? What's another I know way of getting that experience? I know some schools are doing virtual, virtual mm -hmm. shadowing, and um, also just speaking with a periodontist too, virtually. I know, uh, um, I know they're very, if you want to do perio, periodontists are so nice. <laughs> I noticed it, yeah. it's so nice. And then they would will, they will have a meeting with you virtually, and. And then it, it will work out. So just think of ways outside of the box. Um, I would also say continuing education classes too will also assist mm -hmm, with the application process. With the application process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's, that's another way of really you finding out, is this specialty for me? Let me take some CE and let's see if I really like what they're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Because I know with Perio, if you don't like the topic, <laughs> And you got to write a paper or you have to do a presentation and you got to do some EBD related work, you're going to be miserable. Exactly. You don't want to be miserable. <laughs> That's no. not what we're doing in no. 2021. <laughs> no. Perio and any specialty is challenging enough. You don't want to, you know, add, add, uh, add anything else on top of that. Exactly. Right? So those are some great tips for applicants. What about tips? for um, those that are considering careers in dental public health, because between the two of us, we know some people that are like, you know, first year dental students or D4s that are, uh, are, are considering dental public health. What are some tips that you have for them? So some tips I would say, if you're in dental school, just start, just start volunteering, um, being, getting involved, talking to faculty and school leadership and how you can increase the access to care in the community. Because I know many dental schools, that they're, they're so focused on access to care. So if there's a student who wants to champion any um, initiative, they're really, they will help you. They will help you do that. Because that's how it was for me at University of Florida. They were very helpful um, when I wanted to start the 5K. And also what I would say too, is just um, 
as a dentist, just get out there and just start to to volunteer and see what's needed in your community. Because if, if you stay within your office, you don't really know what the community needs. So if there's a, um, a health fair, get out there and just do free oral, oral cancer screenings or free oral exams. Um, that's just something just to, to be involved in the community and not just take a step back. I'm like, oh, I'm just in my office, I'm fine. And then to research for the MPH program, I was looking at a couple of programs and really see if the courses are what, what will help propel your career. Um, I know a lot of MPH programs fo focuses on um, pedodontics, and I'm I'm more interested in adults. So that was something I looked at. I'm like, okay, this this program is more focused on pediatric dentistry, and I don't want to reinvent the wheel as a student. I really, really want to go into a school that has foundation for what I'm interested in. So really research the school. Just don't apply to any school because you just want an MPA. Just research to make sure the school has like the courses and then the resources needed to propel your career. Because sometimes you can get the MPH, but then if the school doesn't prepare, like have the, the resources to get you to the next level, you know, what what's the point? Right. What's the point? Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, those are great. Hopefully you guys uh, took some notes. If you didn't, go back, just push rewind and write down those tips that uh, Dr. Shelley just to share with them that were spot on for both people who are considering perio and then also considering a, a career in dental public health uh, and also you know, going out and getting their, their MPH uh, as well. Any future projects as we wrap up? What, what are some of the things that you're working on that are coming up? So what I'm working on- I mean, not, not that you're not, that you're not you know, that you don't have anything else to do right now, you know. So, so in January on the 21st, I'm working with the um, NDA. We're doing a, um, a continuing education session for pandemic preparedness for um, next generation leaders. And we're gonna discuss what we learned from COVID-19 and how to prepare for the next pandemic. So that's January 21st at 6.30. So my team and I were discussing um, how, to, how we could prepare ourselves for the next pandemic, especially in minority populations. So we won't have what happened this pandemic to happen again. And then um, I'm working with a national network for oral health access in their integration diabetes and oral health um, learning collaborative. So hopefully through this program, I'm able to, I would say strategize different techniques that different health centers can use to integrate um, oral health and primary care, especially for patients with diabetes. So those are the couple of projects I'm working on that, um, that are taking up a lot of my time. Yes, definitely are, especially that, that last one, because that is a, a, a new uh, uh, interest or, or interest area that, that has increased uh, uh, and gotten a lot of publicity over the last uh, several years, especially with um, uh, the Surgeon General also mentioning that you know, uh, through maternal child care and having specific oral health topics and items that need to be and must be included uh, uh, in that in that area as well. So, and that's that oral health integration into primary care uh, and maternal care as well. So, yes, that exactly. definitely will keep you busy uh, yeah. <laughs> this year, next year, the year after that, and probably the year after that, and go and so on and so on, so on. exactly. So, uh, but today has been great. Thank you so much, Dr. Shelley, for sharing 
your information. Uh, well, speaking about your information, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? They wanted to reach out and if they had some other questions. Okay, so um, at, I'm on Instagram, like every other person. Um, is My Instagram is Dr. Period Shelly Taylor. <laughs> and then uh, my email is also shellytaylor.dmd at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And then LinkedIn is Shelly D. Taylor. Gotcha. All right here, guys. Oh, check it out. There it is. Where is it? Oh, there it is right there. There it is. Check it out. Well, Dr. Taylor, thanks so much for your time, for your 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 influence, for your dedication to oral health and 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 getting uh, more information, more knowledge. Knowledge is power. Uh, power allows you to have more control. And that's what we need. We need to be able to control control not only the issues that are going on uh, with, with COVID right now, but also the issue control the issues that are going on and the lack of access of, of, uh, of high quality oral health care, not only in Boston, not only in New York, not only in New Jersey and Florida, but all over the country and all over the world as well. So we applaud you. Congratulations and, ma and matching uh, your perio <laughs> program. Yes, yes, yes. And also congratulations in finishing up, uh, getting ready to finish up your fellowship uh, at Harvard. So guys, thanks so much for watching. Check out this next video right here. Check out that next video. Hopefully that helped you as well. And uh, we'll see you next time. Love, peace, and smiles. See you on the next video. Bye. Bye. Hey, hope you guys liked that episode. There's more, more to listen to and more to learn from. Make sure you subscribe and tune in at the next, next episode. Peace.